I get the rather exciting privilege of starting the next little bit of our talk series, which if you've been around since the beginning of September, you may have noticed looks like this, um, which is our kind of church tagline. And it's actually the first thing you see when you go onto our website. Um, love God, love people, let's go. And I'm starting the let's go bit. But we have some unfinished business from last week, which is quite exciting. At least Esther and I were quite excited. So if you were not here last week, Libby set a challenge, um, ostensibly to the children, but I don't want this to make any adults feel like they're going to be left out. If anybody could say the names of the books of the Old Testament in order. Anybody apart from Esther, because then I'm going to let you into Esther's little secret. And you'll probably all kill me for the rest of the week and won't remember anything else from today's talk. But anyway, right, go on then, Esther. Hang on, hang on, come on, up the front, up the front. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Go for it. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Esther, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Zechariah, Malachi. Okay, and here is Esther's secret. I think we can probably cut it there. <laughs> there is more. <laughs> um, apparently, that song was written for the VeggieTales, but was never used for VeggieTales, um, hence the reference to Mrs. Carrot at the beginning. Um, yes, apologies, because you will now be singing that for the rest of the day. Right, okay, so back to what we're looking at today. Um, love God, love people, and this last little bit, let's go. Um, it comes from the Great Commission, what's often called the Great Commission, right at the end of Matthew's Gospel, where Jesus is giving his final instructions to his disciples before he leaves them and goes back to heaven and leaves them with the task that he has 
commissioned them with, and this is it. Um, but we, we kind of know we have this slightly strange thing where if you flip back a bit in Matthew's Gospel, um, there is this verse where Jesus is talking to a Canaanite woman who he's met at the well, and he says, I wasn't sent to anybody apart from the lost sheep of Israel. So Jesus' mission was very clearly focused just around the Jews. And it was then only after that that Jesus commands his disciples to go further and, by extension, those of us who are following Christ. So this... um, this is the verse that we see, and I just realized, actually, that reference is wrong. It should say Matthew 28, so apologies. This is what happens when you cut and paste too happily. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, I have to admit, when I was growing up, this kind of bit about going to all nations, to me, in my head, and this is possibly partly due to my Anglican roots, was actually about overseas missionary work. That's how I saw it. But as I have had different experiences growing up as a Christian, as I've been involved in different churches, dug deeper into the Bible, you kind of realize that actually that narrow perception is not quite true. Now, I have got a challenge for, well, I was going to say children, but if you love a word search, I don't want to stop anybody else from doing a word search. Esther, would you mind going and heading to the back for me? There are two levels of the word search. It's Fairly obvious which one's which, I think, Esther, so you can just ask people. So if you, if you would love a word search, go and grab one. They, the word search is folk from the Bible, right from Old Testament all the way through to the end of the New Testament. And as you are finding all these people, um, I want you to have a think about whether you think these people were missionaries. Were they out on a mission for God. Okay, I shall leave Esther in charge of that. Teddy and Rosie, if you wanted a word search, Esther's got them. It doesn't have to be just for younger ones. And no shame if you're an adult and you want a word search. Right, the other thing, uh, children, I'd like you to be watching out for, and I thought I might turn this into a little game of tag, actually. Sorry, I didn't prime anybody for this, so this could go disastrously wrong. There's going to be some photos appear. They're all of people in the church, although they're not necessarily people who are here now. So when a photo comes up, if you can see somebody in that photo in the room, you can go and tag them. I think possibly I do need to set an age limit for this, otherwise it's going to get completely chaos. So I think if you're over 18, you probably need to keep your bottom on your seat. But anybody under 18, if you see a picture of someone, you can go tag them. All right? I haven't got prizes, but I'm sure, you know, we... That's not you. No, I pinched somebody else's photograph, I know. Okay, so 
Um, I love a good dictionary definition, but before I show you what I dug up, anybody want to give me their definition of what missionary is? Anybody got any thoughts in their head? What they think a missionary is? Go on, Nat. Like it. Any other offerings? No? Okay, well, this is what the dictionary says. A person sent on a religious mission, especially one sent to promote Christianity in a foreign country. So to be honest, that's probably what I grew up with. Um, then this definition probably sits a little bit better with us in the church as followers of Jesus. This one makes a little bit more sense. Someone who has been called by Jesus to share the gospel with all peoples of every tribe, tongue, and nation, often crossing cultural barriers to do so. Now, that's the bit that we summed, or I certainly used to get a little bit hung up on. That, that was it, and it almost felt like I therefore didn't have to think about the let's go bit, because that was only if you were going to be called specifically to go and do something probably in another country that was all a little bit scary, and, and so I didn't need to think about it. But So I then dug a little bit deeper. I love going to the roots of a word. En entomology, I think it's called, isn't it? So the word missionary comes from the Latin word mito, which means to send, which is the same root as the Greek word apostolo. Now, is that word ringing any bells? Yes, apostles. So Jesus' disciples, once Jesus returned to heaven, they then took on the name apostles because they were the ones whom Jesus had sent. And both of these words in the New Testament, mito, apostolo, are used to describe someone who's been given a specific mission. So cast your minds back to that verse in Matthew 28. We have been given that mission. So does that mean that suddenly we've all got to go somewhere else? Does it mean even if we're staying in this country, you've got to take on a specific role as a full-time Christian worker? And, and I know probably underneath, we all know that that's not true anymore, don't we? we maybe that's a, a slightly outdated view of it. Um, but it still feels a little bit of a challenge, doesn't it? I've got to go somewhere. I've got to do something. It all feels a little bit scary. Okay, so let's think about how we're going to do this. When we have a task, we often think of it in three stages, don't we? We think about um, how we're going to do something. Graham's too caught up in the word search. Uh, what, we've, what it is we've got to do, what our task is, how we're going to do it, and then kind of, oh, yeah, why, why, why are we doing this thing? But if we are going to actually captivate the hearts and minds of those people we encounter with the same hope that has captivated us, the neighbors, the people we encounter in our everyday lives, actually, we need to flip that round and we need to start by asking why. why. Why are we going? Why are we doing this thing? And in actual fact, then 
how we're going to do it and what we're going to do will fall into place after that. So what is our purpose as followers of Jesus? What is that core belief that is driving us and that is making us go out on this mission that Jesus has sent us? Are we passionate about Jesus in our everyday lives? Is it something that we genuinely think is worth sharing and living for? Do we really believe that that verse in Matthew 28 applies to us? Okay, children, first pictures. You ready for your tag? Hey, Abby wins. Okay, so these pictures, and there are more coming. That is. And do you know who that is? Yeah, it's Jonah. So anybody want to hazard a guess as to what Libby's doing? She is. Running. <laughs> Unless she's got a secret treadmill. Unless she's got a secret treadmill under her desk. No, she's working. She's sending emails, I was reliably informed. Um, and Jonah, bless him, um, I just snapped. I did ask Lydia if she was happy me sharing this. I snapped him last week. He was definitely on a mission. He was trotting backwards and forwards to the bin with various little bits of rubbish. So both people doing stuff. Would we call that mission work? Is that the sort of thing that is involved in that go at the end of Matthew 28? Just hold that thought. Let's have a look at this verse from Matthew 12. Um, there's some quite challenging stuff in here, but I want to hone in on a little bit of it. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers. Don't worry, he wasn't talking to you. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person, out of his good treasure, brings forth good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Now, Jesus was speaking specifically to the Pharisees when he said these words. They were a religious sect at the time of Jesus who had a huge oral tradition of all sorts of tiny little rules and regulations that they thought were important for following God. And most of that they actually gave of greater importance than the written scripture. And they were trying to have Jesus labeled as a blasphemer. But the important point for us out of this is underlined here. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So what is in our heart, that treasure in our heart will naturally spill out. If we keep our hearts close to Jesus, it is so much easier then for our actions and our words to spill out to those around us. Now, I'm not saying this is easy. I do appreciate a bit of hard work. Right, you ready for the next tag? Yeah, you can't tag Prince William, sorry. 
Hey! <laughs> you missed your dad in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought we'd uh, we'd roll out roll out the royalty photo again. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who don't know, um, I'm a primary school teacher, and all those blurred faces are actually our school council. Um, and yeah, Nick meeting royalty. So. What do you think? I mean, this is Nick and I just doing our day-to-day -day jobs. Is that part of what Jesus meant when he said go? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen every day. <laughs> um, so, if we've talked about fueling our hearts, what next? Let's look at this verse from James. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So our actions, what we do in the world, that is what will proclaim Christ to those around us. How we act is an outflowing of that love that has captivated our heart. Now, those of you who have ever been round a couple who have just fallen in love, you will know they kind of don't really need to say anything, do they? They don't just everything they do for each other, those little touches, the, you know, racing to, oh, it, was, it, was it too long ago? <laughs> oh, I'm seeing some raised eyebrows. I won't, I won't name names. Um, you, you can tell, can't you? They don't need to say that they love that person. It's just so obvious. And it is like that with us. I mean, you know, yourself that when you meet someone for the first time who later you find out is a Christian, often you know, don't you? Um, and I, I had this encounter with somebody um, on the sidelines of Esther's football match the other week. And you can just tell from the way they are, from the way they talk about people. Um, you might be known in your workplace, oh yeah, don't, don't swear in front of her, she doesn't like it. And you've probably never said that. I've had that said about me, and I've, I've never said, oh, don't swear, I don't like you swear. But people know. They can tell. Um, when, when Nick and I were living in Kenya, I was teaching in a local primary school. And it was supposedly a, a church school, and corporal punishment had officially been banned, but most of the teachers did used to hit the children because they felt that was the only way they could get anything out of them. I never did. I, it wasn't even anything that even crossed my mind. Um, once I sent a child to the head teacher because he'd just burnt me to a frazzle and I couldn't get him to do anything I wanted him to do. Never again because the head teacher gave that poor child such a beating. I was mortified. I was sure it was because... I was the white teacher, and somehow he felt that that child had 
done something worse. So after that, I never sent a child to anybody else. I just dealt with it myself in the classroom. And no, I didn't deal with it by beating them. And it wasn't until the very last day when we were having a kind of celebration meal as I was leaving, that one of the teachers said to me, we looked at you and we knew you wouldn't beat any of the children and we didn't think you'd be able to have any control in the classroom, but you did. And those things that we don't say, those things that are part of our core, they just kind of ooze out of us. And it's all about how we fuel our heart. It comes from the inside out. Paul talks about being transformed from the inside out. It's how we lead our daily lives. People don't follow Jesus um, because we tell them to. People follow Jesus because they look at his followers and say, I want that. I want to be like that. I want to have that peace. Okay. Right, are you ready for the next tag? Well done. Okay, so Claire's not here, but we have Vanessa and Emily and Emma. Well done. Um, part of our lovely Grow Baby team. There are others in our Grow Baby team who are apparently a bit camera shy. And I think with these lovely people, it's a little bit easier to say, yeah, yeah, that's clearly a mission, isn't it? Because they're reaching out to people in the community. Okay. Keep watching. It's a little bit later, but there's one more lot of photos. All right. So where are we being Christ's hands and feet? Let's read another verse from James. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So where are you being Christ's hands and feet? What do you do? What's your job? Do you do voluntary work? Who are you connecting with? Your next-door neighbours? Conversations at the school gate? Round the water filter at work or the coffee machine? standing in the pouring rain on the sidelines of the footy pitch. Um, so these, uh, you can play tag with this if you can spot anyone. Hey, I, I, like, I like the way Nat thinks outside the box too. Well done. Good, good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... Esther, can you work out whose bottom half that is behind the shopping trolley? Oh, yeah, well done. It is. And that's Esther in goal at the back there quite some time ago, actually. So you will know the places in your daily life where you are just rubbing shoulders with other folk in your community. That is your go. And that's not to say that people are not called to serve in other countries. That is still a thing. And, um, you know, we've got friends who are currently 
serving in another country, in a place where actually there is no established church from which to reach that community. So it is still a situation where people are sent from other countries cross-culturally to go and build relationships and establish a church. Um, but that could also happen in this country. One I thought of was some friends of my sister. Uh, he is a doctor, and he was employed for a number of years as the doctor to Liverpool Football Club. And they are a Christian couple, and I can't imagine a more un... Well, I don't know. There are some similarities, I guess, with church, with the kind of worship some people have of their football team, although it's possibly a challenge if you're a Liverpool supporter at the moment. But that is quite a challenging environment. But he is a Christian, and he was there working amongst a community of people who may well have never encountered any other Christian in their day-to-day -day life because they are in that football bubble. Um, there's another verse here from John, which is Jesus speaking again. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. So if we are doing the love God, and if we are doing the love people, then actually the go is almost the consequence of the first two. Um, it might be that actually God is calling you to go somewhere more challenging, that that is your let's go. But it might also be that your let's go is your next door neighbor or the person you encounter when you're taking your kids to their clubs or the person you encounter at work who has no other place where they encounter Jesus. This is a very well-known passage from Corinthians where Paul is talking about love. And it's sometimes overused at weddings, I know. But if we look at this from our point of view as Christians, it tells us how we are to interact with our neighbors if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. So it's not always easy, and we might be called to step outside our comfort zone. We almost certainly are. Sometimes it might mean moving somewhere in the country or elsewhere and going to work cross-culturally. But actually, it's where God has called each one of us. That is where we are called to go. Right, you ready for your last photo? <laughs> oh, yeah. Brilliant. Well done. <laughs> okay, so we talked about why, how, what. Why? Because once we've got that sorted, 
everything else should fall into place and it shouldn't feel quite so daunting. It's a natural outworking of our relationship with Jesus. Our actions will tell those around us who has captivated our heart. Our actions make our faith real and it's all because we love Jesus. The how and the what is between you and God and sometimes that little poke. So where are you in your community? Where are you outside your community? Where are you outside your country? If anybody would like to come forward for some prayer, either because God has poked them in something I've said or because you have something else that you would like prayer for, then please come forward. Um, just because it's easier to have you at the front, we can get folk forward to come and pray for you. And I will have